Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Kyle, it is sad. The full slates of college football Saturdays are gone. They're no longer here. We have to wait until next August. Now, we have a lot of meaningful football ahead of us, but those full days of noon to 2 a.m. or however late you can stay up for the Pac-12 after dark, are gone and with that i welcome you to the show <laughs> yeah i mean i would raise my glass and pour one out but i'd probably uh, get yelled at by that uh, bouncer in morgantown again huh man you you're so witty that was uh that was clutch and you're still you're still shooketh by uh the bouncer that didn't appreciate that guy, that guy got me real mad yeah 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 i mean you you and i making a, a general comment and i raised my glass of water and i poured just like a touch just a touch of water out and he comes over and says, any particular reason why you're pouring water on the floor? I said, no, I was just making a joke with my friend. He said, don't do it again. And gave me a I, stern look. Now, we had a great time in Morgantown. Hold on. The question I think on everyone's mind is, Kyle, what were you doing drinking a glass of water at a bar in Morgantown, West Virginia? Glass of it, Kyle Krabs? What? It was a long day. <laughs> you got to stay hydrated. Kyle, right. you drinking water in and of itself is weird, I let know. alone at a bar. Right. Yeah. Well, no, I like bars. I like the bar scene. No, but I mean drinking water at a bar. That's what I mean. Oh, the whole, well, you, yeah. you space your drinks with water. Yeah. Everybody knows this. Yeah. And the only reason I drank water is because they didn't serve like Powerade or something like that. So well, I'm, before I interrupted you, you were going to mention no, the wonderful just town. I, yeah. I said we had a great time in Morgantown and uh, John Ledyard got to come down and join us for the game as well. So that was really nice and had a, a trio of. The Draft Network guys, we watched a game that resulted in 115 points, which you would have guessed would have been the highest scoring game of the weekend, but you'd have been wrong because <laughs> Texas A&M and LSU played for infinity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great game, great showcase. And unless you have anything else you'd like to tackle, Joe, I'd kind of just like to dig into this WVU Oklahoma game because I think I took away some pretty prominent takeaways uh, from both sides of the, the ball here. Yeah, I so getting into the actual game, I, I think the one, number one thing, my biggest impression, my biggest takeaway is Marquise Brown, wide receiver from Oklahoma, number five. What is he listed at, Kyle? Five nine one sixty five or something like that. Um, and that's a concern, right? But he's just good. Like he's so explosive, ridiculous speed, ridiculous burst. His ability to attack the football like an alpha with that size is really impressive. He's dynamic after the catch, not just because of him being an athlete, because he sees the field extremely well and knows how to create for himself after the catch. And uh, you look at this this NFL and this, you know, where you're seeing guys like Tyreek Hill, torch NFL defenses. Everyone's going to want the next Tyreek Hill, right? Well, hello, Hollywood Brown is available. Well, will likely be available should he declare for the draft. Or actually, he's not a senior, is he? 
He's an underclassman, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, correct. He's that guy. He's that guy that I think is going to be coveted. Like we in in five years ago, if it wouldn't matter how fast he was, five ten or five nine one sixty five is not going to be desirable. But the way the game is changing in this pace and space NFL, Hollywood Brown made himself a lot of money, and I grew a fond appreciation for him getting a chance to see him live. Right, you see that speed in person. And it's I don't care how many times you watch him play on TV until you see that up close and personal. Then you really realize he's moving at a different speed than everybody else on the field. A couple things about Hollywood Brown. You asked what he was listed. He's currently listed, at least on what I've pulled up here at 5'10", 170. Mm. I don't know if he weighs that. I hope he's 5'10". <laughs> 5'10", 168. Depending on, so he's right around 170 with his listing. Uh, you also know people are going to beat the death the fact that this is Antonio Brown's cousin, right? Like, just be ready. This is the this is the new Jack Nicholas and Nick O'Leary <laughs> thing. Why did I not know that until Saturday? I, I feel like I, that I honestly informa- didn't know that either. Right, like, and John didn't either. We're like, oh, like how did, how is how did that escape all three of us? I, that Wait, was what weird. the heck? Antonio Brown's down on the field. Why is Antonio Brown here for West Virginia? <laughs> Oh my God, that's that's Hollywood Brown's cousin, dude. Uh, but yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And seeing what he was able to do after the catch, not just running away from guys, but he had the long touchdown coming towards us, the end zone that we were in. And uh, he broke back into the middle of the field and, and shrugged off some contact and stayed in bounds, uh, getting pretty close to the pylon. Uh, that kind of performance, and if he can show the more I dig into his tape that he is a player that is not reliant just on the speed, but he can create things through soft challenges in space. I think that adds another dynamic to his game. And and yeah, absolutely. You watch this guy track the ball and how he accelerates up the field and how quick he is. And uh, this is a really promising prospect, Joe, as you said, for today's NFL and the future NFL based on the rules in place and how they protect offensive skill players and so on and so forth. Uh, Kyle, one other thing I want to get into in this game, we get asked a ton about Kyler Murray, Oklahoma quarterback, baseball player, right? He's a going to have a great career as a baseball player, but yes, just stop, stop with thinking about him as an NFL player. I mean, obviously the, the, the size matters, 5'10", 195 is what he's listed at. And I get it that he has a fastball, but that's it. This is a total a total point and shoot passer. He needs he 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 stands back there. He buys time. He waits for someone to establish themselves as open, and then he dials up that shortstop to first base connection. And he's got some athleticism, so he, he can create a little bit with his feet. I, I mean, I just he's going to have a very lucrative life ahead of him as a baseball player. So I respect and I appreciate the questions. Anytime you ask me a question, it matters to me, and I, don't, I take it very seriously that you want my opinion. But the, the Kyler Murray questions about him being a, an NFL quarterback, we, I, I think, was very clear. In a game that he was 20 of 27 for 364 yards and three touchdowns, it became very clear to me that he's not an NFL player. Well, and this is why scouting's hard, right? Because Baker Mayfield came out of the same exact offensive system, put up similar numbers, and people are going to look at that, and they're going to see that Baker was undersized, and they're going to look at Kyler Murray and see that he's faster than Baker Mayfield, and he could throw a pretty mm-hmm. ball too, and they're going, to get, they're going to be confused why we feel that way. And I agree wholeheartedly with you that Kyler Murray, play baseball, brother. You got more guaranteed money in baseball. You're already a top 10 draft pick in baseball. 
You got longer longevity. It's easier on your body to play baseball. Uh, but just watching him and how he processed what was around him, he did a nice job extending some plays. There were some clutch third downs where he had to get off his spot and he's rolling around and he keeps his eyes down the field. But as he said, it's, it's a uncover throw the football. I don't see the same level of spot accuracy in anticipation and the quickness of the feet to reset that Baker had in the pocket. So if you're looking for some distinguishing factors between the two, I think those are areas that stand out. Baker had better anticipation, better spot throw accuracy when he's got to throw into holes against zone coverage. He's less of a visual point and shoot passer, as you mentioned. And then I think Baker's ability to uh, reset his base within the pocket once he's flushed off his pocket are all things that help Baker distinguish himself from Kyler Murray's prospect. Kyle, can I get your Will Greer takes on this game? Yeah, my my Will Greer takes are pretty much exactly what I felt they were uh, coming into the game. I had done his his full assessment and planned to use the Oklahoma game as a follow-up to that, and I, I saw a lot of what I had seen previously, which is he doesn't really drive the ball all that much. You know, mm-hmm. when he's when he's able to really work his hips around on his throws, when he's got to generate a fastball, he can do it. But I don't think it's effective outside of like the, the 10, 15-yard window. I think a lot of his longer throws, they, they spend a little bit more time in the air. Uh, he's got this unorthodox delivery where he's almost falling off the pitcher's mound, and it works for him. But there's a difference between throwing a catchable throw ball and having deliberate pinpoint accuracy on your throws. And that's an area for me that the further the ball gets down the field for Will Greer, the more questions I have. So with that in mind, now you start to ask yourself, okay – what kind of passing offense can you get Will Greer in? And West Coast really isn't his shtick, right? If he doesn't have pinpoint accuracy, he's not going to be able to set guys up for successful run after catch. Then you're leaving meat on the bone as a West Coast passer too. So I don't like his ability to drive the ball down the field. And I'm not completely sold on a, his consistency with pressure is really yeah. hit or miss. His, he needs to do better job of replacing the football all the time. He's missed. He missed some pressure reps in that game that really hurt him. And uh, Greer, for me, I just I I really struggle with what system can you place him in, which is a bummer because around this time last year, like I really liked Will Greer, and I still like Will. I think he, he's probably like a middle round quarterback prospect. But if you're trying to sell stock for me and, and Will Greer's top twenty five player, I'm personally going to be passing on that proposition. Any uh, any last thoughts on this West Virginia Oklahoma affair? Yeah, no defensive players getting drafted in this one, boys. <laughs> yeah, that would – well, maybe David Long, Neville Gallman. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Kyle, do you know – so now we have the Big 12 championship game. It's going to be Oklahoma versus Texas. And the early line on that, Kyle, minus seven. Oklahoma is a seven-point favorite. They're minus seven. Who are you picking right now? Where, where's Oklahoma. the money? Oklahoma. Oklahoma covers. Now, they lost to Texas earlier. Now they're covering Oklahoma. a seven-point – all right. Revenge game. I agree. I agree. But the truth is, we don't actually know. But if you think you do, you've got to get over to my bookie. Remember, folks, who you're betting on is just as important as where you're betting. And that's why we're always going to tell you to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. 
I'd only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to me. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use our promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim that bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back after this to talk about a wide receiver that could be a top 10 pick. All right, Kyle, before we get back into another game that stood out to us from the weekend, DK Metcalf, Ole Miss wide receiver, redshirt sophomore, declared he's available for the 2019 NFL draft. He's obviously has the neck injury that shut him down a few weeks ago. But uh, he's declared for the draft, and we, we've we talked a lot about the top of this draft being pretty barren when it comes to offensive prospects. Well, we've got one. We've got one of those guys, one of those dudes that's worthy of a high first-round pick. And so this, I think, we're going to talk about the draft order later in the week and get into some of, to some of, some of the, the thoughts with it. But I think this really kind of shifts that landscape and, and opens up that window for a team that wants to go playmaker, offensive playmaker in the top 10 to do it. Yeah, I'm fired up for DK Metcalf because, A, this means the medical returns that he's got indicate Mm -hmm. he's going to be in good shape. You know, this isn't something that's going to be a long-term impact. uh, And that in itself is the best news we could have possibly got as it pertains to any player, really, is knowing that his long-term health is not compromised. Metcalf, man, this throws a, a total wrench in the mock drafts we've been doing lately because we just <laughs> pulled Metcalf off the table. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the kind of receiver that if medically he clears and you don't have concerns about him long term, this is the kind of offensive player that I think you could legit see reached upon very early based on some team needs and just the scarcity of this position relative to the other players. I like this receiver group. But DK Metcalf, as far as I'm concerned, is on a whole different planet with what his ceiling is as a wide receiver. And he's not bad at a lot of things right now. A lot of these, you know, all-world athletes, you got to worry about development and progression. And you know, Metcalf is, is a headache to cover right now. And he's he's torching Alabama first play from scrimmage and You've seen the contested catch highlight reels that he has, and he literally can check every box with his physical gifts. Now, I still need to really get down into the nitty-gritty with his route running and find out how diverse his route tree is, how well he sells his stems. But right now, Metcalf, for me, this is a player that's going to be up inside that top 10 overall players. Yeah, Uh, special traits. And we know what he can do at the catch point. And you mentioned that we need to learn a little bit more about his route running, which we will once we get a chance to dig into some all 22. But one thing that I can speak to is how dynamic he is at his release and beating press coverage and just a variety of different moves to create that leverage right away, even when he's got a corner stacked right on top of him. So, man, I'm 
I'd be shocked if I don't feel good about his ability to separate just because of all those traits that work together. And, and so you think about the Bills and you think about the 49ers and uh, probably the Jets and some of these other teams that you know, scream need for wide receiver and we were we were getting yelled at by fans because we're mocking them defensive players. Well, right. that, that narrative is going to shift here just as soon as we get a chance to get another mock draft published. Yeah, so please be patient with us and we will – Correct our sins going forward, we promise. Uh, Joe, how long do you think it's going to be before Michigan amends for their sins over the weekend? They gave up 62 points, guys. 62 points, and they had no idea how to handle a crossing route <laughs> inside of 10 yards. It, they just uh, shit their pants with it. Like every single time, they just froze. Ohio State ran bunches and stacks, and they ran one of those guys across the field. And Ohio or Michigan's late to get the guy coming off coverage to get into his hip pocket, and then they just burnt him to death with speed. Had no idea how to handle it. Tried to run zone. The linebackers aren't collisioning the routes. It was just a dumpster fire. Um. So keeping things on Ohio State because I mean, this is a dump of a game for Michigan. Paris Campbell, right? Six catches, 192 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. He has special acceleration and he's what? He's over six foot, over 200 pounds, so he's not a small guy. I, look, I, I, I'm sure you're going to talk about, you've, you've seen him more in depth than me and I'm, there's things about him in terms of his consistency as a finisher and route running, but just from terms of like that raw athletic ability and, and, and just look, he's dynamic with the football and today, again, pace and space NFL, a guy like Paris Campbell is going to be a valuable player. Maybe not a first-round guy, but you know, if he if he checks the boxes we think he will in terms of testing, I mean, I don't think day two is out of the question for him. And he showed you know, how dan- dynamic he can be in, the, in that game against Michigan where he torched a defense that has been playing really well. Right. I, th- I think this is a Cordero Patterson-type player where Patterson came into the league and people were really excited about what he could be, right? Yeah, he never really became that player, but that's okay because Corderell Patterson has still made a nice living for himself as a professional football player. Uh, special teams weapon. He's been in the league since 2013. Uh, his open field ability is still so apparent. You're you're beginning to see the Patriots even feed this guy some some carries out of the backfield, and that's essentially a lot of what Paris Campbell does for Ohio State is the speed that he has. They get him a lot of touch passes and jet motion. It's an extension of the running game. The screen game with him, he's lethal because he's so explosive. Do you remember the long one he had up the far sideline? And you just yeah. watched him pull away from everybody. Yeah, like broke all was, those angles. Yeah, yeah. He, he, bro, he probably pulled away a good five to eight yards of separation from the guy that was immediately behind him when he got north and south by the time he was halfway to the end zone. Just super explosive. Now, hands are a problem. Pretty one-dimensional as a route runner. He runs a lot of go routes, and he runs a lot of screen throws. So you get him at the top of the stems in the intermediate areas of the field, or you you try and get him beating press coverage off the line of scrimmage, that's not where he's going to win. But Paris Campbell, uh, yeah, this is an explosive weapon that, you know, depending on the coaching staffs that are going to be in place, he's not going to be a universal one-size-fits-all. But as far as a speed component in your offense and a player that you can manufacture for some touches for, possible top 100 pick, 
in Paris Campbell, and he's helped himself this season. I think that his tape's been better this year than what it's been in years past. Kyle, I'm anxious to hear you talk about Dwayne Haskins because he's 20 of 31, 396, six touchdowns against Michigan, and, and, a, and he's a redshirt sophomore, but all the indications are, are trending towards him being a quarterback available for the 2019 NFL draft and a statement performance like this against Michigan. Maybe a lot of that was scheme. But where are you with Haskins? What did this performance do for his stock? And are you comfortable with his traits enough right now to think this is a first-round worthy quarterback? I think if you look at Haskins's arm ability, right, you look at what he does well, you look at where he's excelled at Ohio State, I think there's enough here that he would be a first-round quarterback. But we were always very guilty mm-hmm. as people in draft media of assuming, oh, well, you know, quarterbacks come out, automatically plug him in the top three spots. I don't think that he, I don't think he's that kind of a player. I don't think if I'm a team picking inside the top five, unless maybe it's the giants, maybe I don't think I'm foregoing elite talents in favor of Dwayne Haskins because he has further to go in his developmental trend than what you would ideally like. If you're going to be taking a quarterback that high. So positional value He's got enough positive tape out there that I think a team can justify that selection the first round, but you've got to have the right set of conditions. This is not somebody that you can plug in somewhere and play right away. Uh, And for those reasons, I think it it does water down his value a little bit as you go forward from here. If he should, he declare for this year's draft. I was nervous watching this game right away that, Michigan was going to run away with it because right away, like Michigan ran the ball well. And I'm like, oh my God, Robert Lander. I, was, I, I commented on it with you. We're watching this game. Like, if Robert Landers is going to shoot one gap and get way off the field and Draymond Jones is going to get, continue to get driven off the ball 10 yards, Michigan's just going to control this game and win like they have the last, what, 11 in a row or 10 in a row, however many they run. They won. And Ohio State seemed to make enough adjustments there and forced them to have to go to the passing game, which leads me to the point I want to make that Shea Patterson had some buzz, right, about him being uh, a guy that may be declared for this draft. But I think, if anything, what we saw from Shea Patterson was a guy that needs to continue playing college football, whether it's at Michigan or grad transfer somewhere else. But uh, I, I don't feel comfortable with Shea, and I think that says a lot when you force these quarterbacks and you say, hey, we're you're going to have to beat us through the air. We're going to force your quarterback to make throws. And then he's 20 of 34 for 187 and just really struggled with, with a lot of situational stuff. I'm not comfortable with Shea Patterson, even though that was a narrative, right? He was going to go from, from Mississippi to, to Michigan, play with Harbaugh, light up the world, and become a great NFL prospect. And I just don't think that's happened. Right. I, I think it's really accentuated where – when Michigan really turned the offen- the corner offensively this year is when they stopped asking Patterson to be the, the brunt of the load mm-hmm. as their trigger man and really embrace the running game. So uh, I know there was some expectation coming into this past year that, that Shea was going to be one and done, but I can't see it. I agree with you. I think, think based on what we saw this year, whether it's Michigan or somewhere else, and I'd stay at Michigan, I think you'd be fine. I think they'll be, they'll be successful again next year. Uh, maybe not against Ohio State, but in yeah. general, uh, I think it would be much more beneficial for a guy like Patterson to stay in school. 
And I just because I'm I know you've done a lot of work on Michigan since June, right? Like you've you've spent a lot of time with this team, and I'm really curious what your overall thought of this program is right now. That what are they eleven ten and two regular season? They're, they have two losses, at the week one against Notre Dame at Notre Dame, and then obviously the the route at Ohio State. There's people, you know, Harbaugh can't beat Urban Meyer. What is this, like five, six in a row that he, they've lost? Where, where, what are your thoughts on this Michigan program? Is it close to being like an elite, like, hey, we're they're going to win the Big Ten, go to the playoffs, or is this going to be perpetually good but not great? I think they're on the cusp. I think they've got some talented skill players on offense, and this was year on offense that you know they had a lot of turnover as far as uh, the the guys that they had back at the skill positions were young. They were young last year as freshmen and they had no experience actually catching the ball because the passing game was so brutal last year. They had three quarterbacks that took like a hundred snaps and none of them threw for over a thousand yards. Like it was the passing offense was so piss poor last year that this, this I think was a year that if Jim can convince everybody to come back next year, I'd feel really, really good about Michigan. Now you have to worry about the defensive side of the football now, and this is what makes college so hard. You've got to constantly be reloading, not rebuilding. Yeah. Well, Harbaugh's got an NFL stocked defense there with Winovich and Gary and Devin Bush and the corners in in uh David Long, who I think is pretty underrated. I know that's another name that we had talked about sitting there watching the game, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um how many of those guys are we going to have to replace? And, you know, Rayshon Gary's kind of been assumed he's coming, coming out. And uh, Winovich is a senior and, and Devin Bush. I know some teams really like based on some conversations that we've had. So that's the hard part for Michigan is I think offensively, they'd be fine if they bring everybody back because they've got talent at the receiver positions. It's just young and Tariq Black's been, you know, hurt for the better part of two seasons now, but, defensively, can you sustain your level of play to make sure that you don't have that drop off and now all of a sudden you're losing shootouts? 62 points, man. Blows 62 my mind. points. Make sure you guys come back later this week. we got a good good slate lined up. we got takes on takes tomorrow on the show. If you have not tweeted us with your takes, your hot takes, make sure you hit at the Joe Marino and at Grinding the Tape with your hot take and hashtag takes on takes. Joe, Wednesday. We're looking at the draft order, right? Yes. That's the plan. We're looking at the draft order because one through like 12 is like real tight right now. So we're going to have some conversations about what that landscape looks like, how that can change over the final couple weeks of the season. Because there's a lot to be gained or lost by being three versus picking nine or picking eight versus picking 14. So those are things we're planning on tackling. Uh, on Wednesday's show as well. So make sure you hit subscribe, follow back with us. we got a great week lined up. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for checking out the Draft Dudes podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.